Hello and welcome back. This is your ghost of a host with the most, Shanna. Hi. <laughs> and I'm, I'm joined with... Oh boy. Tonight is a special episode because... Is it? Oh gosh, I was never inviting you on again. We're all alone. Hi. In the well house. <laughs> Laura and I are taking a deserved week off after all of our Gettysburg work. In New York City. I know, they're show-offs. Anyway, <laughs> so what's going to happen? What P- is going to happen? PJ and I are going to be alone with a little recording, and then all of you guys, our listeners, get an interview with the famous Kevin Paul, writer of Haunted Hills and Hollows, What Lurks in Green County, Pennsylvania, and of course, part two, which he just published a couple years ago. Yep, so we've already used a bunch of his work we have. in previous episodes. The- I got a free book that's signed by him. Yep, it's very exciting. But the BEK episode was mm-hmm. some of where his stuff. Where the white things are. And where the white things are was another one. Uh, so as you're listening to this on YouTube, there is, um, when we jump into the interview portion of it, uh, that is also on YouTube. So if you want to see our faces, I'm <laughs> not sure who would want to do that. And our super cool but, Santa Claus, Kevin Paul, as I like to call him. Yes. Uh, he is so wonderful. Yeah, it was a great interview. So um, definitely stick around after this uh, little story that you have planned for and that interview. If you just want the interview to show your friends or to listen to, it's under an hour and it's on YouTube, as PJ said. Yep. And uh, we're going to have the audio here. Yeah. On um, our YouTube channel, which is not Wellhouse Exorcism. It is? Games Overboard. Yes. Remember, Games Overboard. But to get us in the mood tonight, PJ, we're all alone in the Wellhouse. Should we turn the lights off? No, because then I can't read. Okay. <laughs> I want to um, mention one story out of the original book that um, Rosemary Ellen Guiley helped. Uh, he and Kev- she and Kevin Paul wrote together. The last chapter is just phenomenal, and I love it. And I want your honest opinion because you have not read this. Nope. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up. It's chapter 17, and I'm going to open up with the actual paragraph here. Angry Spirits of the Land. Out in the hills beyond Wayne Township, a small farm sat abandoned for a good number of years. The small two-story farmhouse, built in the early 19th century, was in disrepair and had never been updated with indoor plumbing. The weed-choked fields were bordered on three sides by forest. Underneath, the land was a honeycomb of abandoned mine tunnels. How are you feeling? All right, already I'm not a fan. (laughs) A little spooky. Mine tunnels and all that, like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's worse than our house. Watch out, kids, you might fall in. <laughs> Where'd the dog go? Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Anywho. Um, but I like this story because it it echoes our house a lot. But I hold that we, and I mentioned this in the interview too, this place in particular is Skinwalker Ranch in Pennsylvania, which I kind of hinted at in the interview. Okay. But... Listen to these stories. So in the mid-2000s, when we're graduating from high school and going to college, um, it, a person actually bought it to reinvigorate the farm, if you will. However, they hired a manager to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So that's Jack. Not his real name. <laughs> I, I love this book. Um, so he set to work to fix the property. Um, he did discover some unexpected bonuses, if you will, um, which would be ghosts of dead people, a poltergeist, a cat-like imp creature, shadow people, alien-looking beings, phantom creatures with too many legs, and, capital I, it. 
a powerful entity of unknown origins with shape-shifting ability and a nasty attitude. Sound a little bit like Skinwalker Ranch already? Yeah, a little bit. Right? Yep. Um, and you already mentioned the mines. You don't like that. So, But yeah, as we already know, in the paranormal lore, mines, water, tunnels, wells, springs, all those subterranean places provide excellent corridors for spiritual travel, as the book says, too. So at the beginning, Jack, not his real name, noticed that the house and the area felt off, but he ignored it while he worked. Mm-hmm. It just had an atmosphere. That's kind of how he thought of it. But then one day he is inside the farmhouse and he's just pulling down some old curtains and he has this feeling that someone is watching him or something is watching him. And so he starts seeing these like strange flashes of light in the house, almost like someone's taking pictures of him. And then he glances out the window and he sees this a guy with a camera. No, I wish. He sees a head staring back at him on a body. But the head, it's creepy. It's very creepy. Um, It resembles, and I'm quoting from the text here, the grotesque caricature of a hairless cat with pointed ears set way back, big yellow eyes with vertical slits, crooked cat-like teeth protruding from its closed mouth, and dark brown leathery skin. It looked very frail, and he had to guess that if it was standing up, it'd be three and a half feet ish tall. So yeah, kinda, that's you know, that's weird. It's fine. <laughs> I'm looking out your window and seeing any head looking back at you is just going to be creepy. No, um, this creature does vanish at that moment, but obviously comes back again. Um, but anyway. He wanted to figure out what it was, so he actually did some research, and after going through a whole bunch of research, he came across a woodcut drawing of a medieval demon, actually, and they called it an imp-like creature that was called a guardian of the woodlands. Hmm. And so he thought, okay, well, we're out in the woods here, this farm is pretty, like, you know, isolated, maybe that's what it was. Because you, this is the picture, and of course our viewers can't see it, but it looks like a wood carving, hmm. and it looks like something you'd be seeing, like, in medieval times. Yeah, I mean... If you look up, like, old wooden masks and things like that, it looks similar to one like, of those. Like a cat wooden yeah. mask, yeah. Um, so, no surprise, Jack never stayed there overnight. <laughs> he just worked in the daytime. Um, but he would come back in the morning, and again, he's, like, putting in electricity, he's putting in telephones. So he would open the locked door. Okay, again, didn't stay at night, but locked the doors. He'd open up the locked house and sometimes find things in disarray. The phone would be taken apart, the batteries out, and all the pieces left lying on the desk. Of course, the window where he saw the cat face, it would be open, like someone jimmied it to get in. Of course, yeah. And there'd be these, like, muddy footprints just, um, you know, on the windowsill on the floor around it. Yeah, that's creepy. Objects, especially tools, would disappear and reappear in random locations, not unlike Skinwalker Ranch, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but what really bothered me when I was reading this is he found human-like footprints with impressions of a long skirt dragging behind it upstairs. Oh. And what's interesting is that's kind of where a lot of the, um, creepy activity happens, is up in the upstairs two bedrooms and a closet. Okay. Yep. So, um, it actually says here, too, the upstairs felt the worst in atmosphere. 
And it says Jack could feel a presence moving around the house, and it would, like, zip up the stairs. He felt it, like, run upstairs and, like, would hide in a closet. Cause you know how you can kind of hear where things are running? Mm-hmm. So he could kind of figure out what was near the closet. He'd hear thumping, banging, footsteps going back and forth. He'd hear, like, marbles being dropped on the floor. And then, of course, one time there was, like, a bowling ball sound that dropped on the floor. Jeez. So it was pretty obvious that there was something there. But what creeps me out the most is it says sometimes he saw out of the corner of his eye a dark shadow, and it would flit about. That sounds familiar. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like our house, but that's nice. But anyway, so he has all this going on. He's like, nope, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Keep working. <laughs> I'm getting paid to do this. Um, but in the summertime, they actually would have student volunteers there to help out. So, And they also had interns. So one intern one day shows up with a gun strapped to his hip. And Jack's like, what you got that uh, that gun there for, you know? <laughs> And the, the student says, well, I have a permit for it. And he's what are you going to do with it? Are you going to shoot a groundhog? Uh, no, it's it's for protection. I swear there's, like, people in the uh, the house and no one's supposed to be there. And I want to be able to defend myself. And Jack's like, yeah, that's not going to work, trust me. Like, <laughs> what's in there? Gun cannot get put it away. <laughs> and so there's another um, intern who was very devout, very Christian, didn't believe in paranormal because, of course, you're supposed to go somewhere when you die. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day Jack walks in. And uh, the intern who was eating lunch looks up and sees Jack and just turns completely pale. And so Jack kind of goes, what's wrong? You okay? You look like you've seen a ghost. And the guy goes, I thought you were upstairs. Uh, There are footsteps up there. Someone was walking around. And Jack's like, I've been outside all day. Welcome to the house. You like it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that guy like ended up, you know, leaving. (laughs) So that intern intern, like like, left. Um, But another one, though, I find creepy one day jack's on a ladder outside working um on one of the upper floor bedroom windows so unsafe Mm -hmm. location to be on the Mm -hmm. ladder but as he's working on it he looks in the window because he can feel himself being watched and he sees a heavy set stern woman staring at him she did not look happy at all to see him and of course he's so startled he almost falls off the ladder does not which is good um he did some research asked why would there be a female here of course and um, when he did the research, he found the only reference really to a woman was one who had lost a baby um, at, in the house at the age of like one mm. month. Died of natural causes. But um, you can still hear the phantom sounds of baby cries throughout the house. And so he's wondering like if that if she's connected to that. Yeah. But the most pervasive ghost is a man he named Porter. Because, again, named after a former human resident that was there. So they're thinking it's this guy. Um, He would just glide around, always kind of wore a baseball cap and overalls. Very tall and skinny, dark shadow. But he was really interested in anything doing with, like, machinery and, like, working. Because you can tell he's, like, a farmer. So Jack would just feel someone peering over his shoulder. And he just knew it was him. Not, like, in any way malicious. Just unnerving because someone's watching you work. But it's just because he's interested. Again, like Ray and me, I would go crazy with the Wi-Fi. And for me, it would be, like, the the water. (laughs) But he's like, oh, what you got there? Yeah, so that one's a nice one. But creepy more things. Talk about animal scurrying sounds. There are these gray creatures that are in the house. Um, They're just ghostly phenomena. But they're the size of, like, Manx cats. And they have many, many legs. Not just oh. four. Mm-hmm. And they scurry along the baseboards and up and down the stairs. Huh. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> um, this is another cool story, though. The Mystery Visitor. So I'm just going to read the story. Jack was outside working one afternoon when a shiny black late model Ford pickup turned off the dirt road into the driveway of the farm. The road down the hollow is long and dusty. Despite of that, or sorry, in spite of that, 
The truck was spotless as though it had just come fresh out of a car wash. So he comes up, pulls up, and he rolls on the window. He looks like an average guy. And he goes, say, do you ever know? Oh, okay. Because they don't put the names in here. So yeah. they have O-K-. dash Do you know that guy? He held Jack. And, of course, OK was the former owner. Now we're deceased. So Jack would just say, no, I don't. And so the guy goes, boy, was he a character. I should stop by and tell you sometime. And with that, he backed up and drove off. Jack <laughs> had no clue who the stranger was, but he came by two more times in the same spotless Ford pickup. And he always said the same thing every time and then drove off. So on the third visit, Jack decided he was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna try and get this thing to talk to me a little more. And so the guy comes up and says, say, do you ever know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And Jack goes, no, but why don't you come on inside the house and tell me about him? I'd like to take your picture, too. The stranger just stares and goes, no. And he just drove off, never to return again. Huh? But interesting, right? So obviously a phantom ghostly because the car is completely pristine. It's the same thing. It's obviously this kind of residual haunt. But I just thought that was kind of cool. Is it, though? Because it was interacting with them. Is it residual? But it's like, it could be a residual intelligence. Is that a thing? Because he says the same things, and when it changes, he's upset and disappears. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there's a loop, and he fixed, maybe Jack fixed the loop. He broke the loop. He broke the loop. (laughs) Oh, no. Where's the man in the black Ford pickup? Um, But here's a sad thing to go back to Skinwalker Ranch. Of course, farm cats are not a surprise. They just show up, and people bring them by, of course, too, out in the country. If you live on a farm, you know what we're talking about. Um, so, uh, for a time, the farm had several, including one given as a gift by a volunteer student. She loved this cat. One day, it just disappeared. So, Jack went Got looking for truck. it. Oh, that'd be, <laughs> be great if it did. I mean, be, be, but anyway, you'll see why a hobo's in the truck. Jack went looking for it, um, and he made a grisly discovery inside the house. In the storeroom, he found the remains of this cat. Oh. But what's interesting is it had been slid open and all of its soft tissue had been removed. The bones, muscle, and pelt only remained. There was not a drop of blood or blood stains anywhere. The gutting was so clean that the remains could have been donned as a bizarre hat. Sounds a lot like Skinwalker Ranch, yeah, right? Yeah, very much like a cattle mutil- mutilation. Yeah, very, very surgical. Wow. Um, so he took it outside and put it on like... A section of the hill just so the student wouldn't see it because he didn't mm-hmm. want her to get upset. He went back later and it was gone. Well, I mean, you're out in the woods, of course. Anything would could have run off with it yeah. to eat it. But that was the only cat that was ever mutilated. However, they lost a lot of chickens. Um, they'd be dead inside their pens, but not mangled or partially devoured. They were just dead. And what's creepy is sometimes they'd be lined up neatly inside the pens. Wow. Right? That's so crazy. So Jack installed a motion camera to catch whatever this thing is. Nothing ever showed up, but the chickens continued to die, be lined up, you name it. And never eaten, just killed. Yeah. But the hillside also had its own energy. So it's not just the house. It is the hillside, too. Not unlike Skinwalker Ranch or sections, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the around there. So it says, there was a certain patch of the hill that was always trouble. If Jack drove his pickup through it or operated machinery on it, it would always break down. And he felt strange passing through the patch. He called it the forbidden zone. 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was out there one time and he met a force that was completely like inhuman, but very intelligent, was not happy that he was there. Um, so it says it usually showed itself as a gray or dark form that moved swiftly over the ground and wove through the trees. Sometimes it was a ball. Once he saw it as a flat rug and rolled itself up into a ball. Um, he could watch it for up to 10 seconds and then it would vanish into thin air or seem to drop into the ground and disappear. In addition, there were colored balls of light that bobbed around over the ground. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, it almost sounds like an alien craft, but it's not because it's intelligent. Well, so, I mean, it sounds very much like Skinwalker Ranch, which is almost all like alien, you yeah. know, related. But I think our land is like it was, you know, Native Americans lived here before us. So mm-hmm. could it be like some kind of ancient being from that too? Just like An Skinwalker. Ancient alien. An ancient alien. I knew it. But <laughs> just like Skinwalker Ranch, the hitchhiker effect, okay, which we, we mm-hmm, kind of discussed mm-hmm. with Liminal Unlimited. The activity followed Jack home as well. So um, one time he was driving home and he saw a dark menacing figure sitting on a fence post. And he illum- it actually illuminated when he drove past, like his lights hit it. And he could see it staring at him with these heavy, dark eyes. And then it just disappeared. At home, he would hear the little gray scurrying things going around his house. And a couple of them attacked him in his bed. He started sleeping downstairs with the TV on because it freaked him out so much. Oh but then his family f- experienced the phenomena as well. So I'm actually going to stop there because I want, if you are interested in the story, I tell you, listeners, you got to pick up Haunted Hills and Hollows, What Lurks in Green County, Pennsylvania by Rosemary Ellen Guiley and Kevin Paul, because the story only gets crazier. Okay, there's still several pages uh, oh, left there's to pa- story there's pages there. Pages. left, yeah, because Rosemary and Kevin are called in. And so they start doing their own research, oh, their own cool. experiments, just like Skinwalker Ranch. Crazy stuff happens to the point where no one's safe. And um, they also have the hitchhiker effect. And then app ports show up as well. So it's just a fascinating last story mm. of that book. Part. Yeah. That's why I was excited to get um, the next book in the series, because that story is just crazy. Yeah. So without further ado, I want to ask you, do we have our own Skinwalker Ranch in Pennsylvania? I mean, it's if that's all real and, you know, if Kevin Paul went and investigated mm-hmm. and can attest to it, I mean, yeah, it has all the same kind of uh, activity that Skinwalker Ranch has. And actually, I believe if it was before or after our interview, because I think we cut before we finished talking, um, that was the one time that he felt unsafe. And mm-hmm. it's actually, there's another interview with him on YouTube from somebody else when he did the first uh, novel, I believe, and he discusses it. And he's like, no, I don't, don't like being there. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was this farm. Um, so I hold that this definitely is like a Skinwalker Ranch Part 2. We wow. should we should get our own Travis Taylor up here doing yeah, <laughs> some research. Uh, and Lizard Man is in Greene County, which is a little shout out to the interview that's going to play next. Mm-hmm. So do you want to close out tonight and say goodbye to our guests? Uh, yeah. Enjoy the interview, everyone. And uh, let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear from us next. Yep. We are going to maybe take a week break. I haven't decided yet because I have a big 12 to 20 page grad paper that's due and it's also PSSA week up here in Pennsylvania. So I might take a week off. Um, but I'll tell you what, I need some ideas for Pennsylvania. So please find us on Facebook or find me on Twitter at wellhouse underscore eggs and send me your ideas. 
see if tell me if you want me to kind of move out of Pennsylvania a little bit and go to New York or New Jersey or Ohio or West Virginia. I don't care. You tell me and I'll do it. All right. So email us, shout out to us, hop on our contact page on our website. Yep. All right. Enjoy the interview. Bye, guys. Welcome. Tonight we have a special episode of Wellhouse Exorcism where we are interviewing the one and only Kevin Paul. Thank you for being on tonight. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the invitation. It's it's nice to uh, see you all alive as opposed to hearing your voices. <laughs> voices out of the box. Yeah, I hear voices all the yeah, time. The disembodied <laughs> voices. It's sort of what we're specializing in, but... That works. I, I assume it was quite the letdown when you saw me. I know. <laughs> but it's okay. I have that effect on people. <laughs> Like, oh, that's what she looks like. Oh, boy, I thought it was a man. <laughs> what? Oh, oh my. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Tough this, crowd. Oh. This took a turn already. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> you gonna, are you going to put on a man voice then? Is that what you're getting at? I did last night, oh, actually. Okay. <laughs> so, um, fun side note, we are doing a crossover episode with Liminal Unlimited, and I really feel oh. that they should talk to you because you got some really cool stories about cryptids, and they love cryptids, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were recording last night with them, and I forgot where I was going with that. Man voice. Man voice, yes. Man voice. So uh, <laughs> Kyle puts on his music, and you know, it starts off, and he's like, welcome, Liminerds. And he has this big intro, like, welcome to this different side of whatever. Yeah, whatever he's whatever, whatever his, a, whatever his yeah. tagline is. And I go... No, you're in the well house now. <laughs> I tried to get as low as I could, and he called me. I'm like, well, oh, that's the best I could do. <laughs> My natural so, octave is here. <laughs> apparently, you are officially in the well house now. You are. <laughs> yes. This yes. is okay, now your new good. intro. Yes. Like, literally, you're in the well house. Yeah, the well yeah. is just right over so here. Right, and, uh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Move so, the carpet. You see it? <laughs> the carpet? Well, no, we painted over it now. Oh, Anywho, <laughs> let's actually do a job here or something. So I wanted to say thank you so much first off. I absolutely loved your original book with uh, Rose Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Fantastic book. And so oh, when you. you offered and sent me a free book, I honestly, you can ask PJ, I was squealing. Yep. <laughs> and- <laughs> When I got it and you signed the inside, I was like, everybody, look, I have a signed author book. Awesome. I'm an English teacher by trade. So, you know, I just like I just had my nerd out moment um, and I have enjoyed the book a whole bunch. Actually, we already did a, oh, thank little, you. a little section on the white things. So, mm-hmm, yeah, can I ask you a question before I go into sure. my interview questions? Do you think that Green County is Pennsylvania's version of Skinwalker Ranch? You could make that argument. Um there's almost nothing it's been a while since i've read the book but uh right off the top of my head there's nothing here nothing there that hasn't happened here Mm -hmm. um and when you compare it to uh chestnut ridge i don't know if you've uh, explored that yet you know not yet no okay about the only thing Chestnut Ridge has that we, or at least I haven't gotten a report of or heard of, are uh, Thunderbirds. Oh, but other than no. that, um, uh, yeah, Rosemary actually made the claim in the first book that this was the most haunted county in America. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at the, when the book came out, I was kind of cringing. <laughs> um, I mean, I expected to get a lot more flack about that than what I did. I got a little from some folks in Gettysburg, but uh, oh, they got a little no, yeah, 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 you know. And I um, like back off, Kevin Paul. Like we got our ghost. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, put the, 
we've got the most haunted, you know, town in America, and, and it's, I countered with, well, do you have UFOs? Exactly. And, you don't hear about UFOs but, uh, or um, Bigfoot over there. Yeah, so I, yeah, you could you could very easily make that statement. Um, I, um, you could probably say that about the community you're in if you if you looked long enough. Uh, just based on what you said happened there in the house, I mean that's that's Skinwalker stuff. Um, I agree, poltergeist activity. Although I'm not sure. Well, we haven't posted our episode yet. Or did we do the the poltergeist cat that was on there? Right? Yeah, that one just. So posted. the current ep- episode that's up for Gettysburg Part Two. Um, mm-hmm. One of the places in Gettysburg has a poltergeist cat. I have questions, but I also want it. <laughs> if it's through, I got better than what yeah. we had. Can we adopt a poltergeist cat? I mean, yeah. you know, what SPCA offers that? Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Well, as we sit in this basement, I'm kind of like, oh, I saw other things. You know what? I've been through the worst. So we'll take a cat. cat. We'll take the cat. <laughs> you just have like mugs getting knocked off counters all the time. So I have, I have three children. It happens anyway. <laughs> They actually see the poltergeist cat? They say they see it scampering about. It does cause some mischief, yeah. That's pretty wild. I know, right? <laughs> but no Bigfoot. And I was only it only came to me last night because of our crossover episode with Liminal, all the stuff we were talking about, because we've been reading one. Well, you did a whole dive into it. Yeah. The the Skinwalker book actually by Hunt for the Skinwalker by Colm Keller. Col- Keller. Yeah. So like he we did a deep dive in there and all I could think was, okay, I've seen all of this in these two books by Kevin Paul. Like yeah. obviously we got some stuff happening in Pennsylvania, at least in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania towards West Virginia. And I had no idea until I read, read your book because I think I focused more on ghostly stories and like, you know, poltergeists and you know, apparitions. So when I started kind of getting a little out of my comfort zone and started looking at cryptids and stuff because of Mr. Bigfoot over here. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think for you, it's more the Jersey Devil. Jersey, I'm fascinated by the Me Jersey too. Devil. Yes. Yeah, I the fact- Jersey Devil, it, it is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I I just gravitated towards uh, non-human stuff, and I'm I'm not sure why. That's just where I ended up. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, uh, it seems like just about any place that's got a quote-unquote ghost also has stuff like, uh, you know, like you experienced. Because there's what the what was the the uh, apparition that walked up and down the alley jingling changes at Frank? Frank, Fred, or, <laughs> Fred, Fred, yeah, Fred. Yeah, Fred. Fred. I have yeah. never had a Fred sighting. Oh, we have, yeah. I walking, know you have. Yeah, I have not. Mm-hmm. No. So you've got Fred, and then you've got you know whatever comes up out of the well. When it's, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not when it's not sealed. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody touch it. Don't look at it. <laughs> Don't throw a yeah. rock at it. <laughs> We painted the top, not the inside. We made sure that oil stayed there. So I wanted to ask you, what is your job primarily? Because obviously you have written books. I know you do presentations. I saw YouTube video as well. But like, what is your primary job? My primary, well, I'm semi-retired. My primary job for the last 20 years has been um, soil and water conservation. Oh, Uh, cool. Oh, wow. In uh, uh, Green Washington, Fayette counties in Pennsylvania. And then the last uh three four years i've been in the northern panhandle of west virginia okay uh, I, I started off working for the local the county conservation district and got i got offered a position with um u.s department of agricultural natural resources conservation service which is i believe the oldest government 
conservation agency in the nation. Wow. So I, you know, farm background and I I got a, a, an ag degree from West Virginia and, um, I don't farm anymore, but I, um, I do the, the conservation work and then, um, I'm slowly turning our, uh, our postage sized postage stamp sized lawn is slowly becoming cropland. Um, Oh, cool. Um, you know, we've got a garden and put in some pollinator habitat and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Nice. I love it. That's great. Pollinator gardens. My yeah, gifted kids are doing that. So they're a lot of fun. Very, very relaxing bees, in the summer. Yeah. Have you, have you started keeping your own bees yet? No. Um, my wife's allergic. Um, right over here. Yep. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> got the, you know, got the EpiPens in the whole nine yards. Yep. Yeah. We learned so, by accident uh, with him. <laughs> And our neighborhood's probably like yours. There's a lot of kids, and you know, some kids you could say don't bug the bees, and they wouldn't. And some kids say don't bug the bees, and they'd go get a stick. And of course, yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's sure. my son, my youngest, my three-year-old would be whacking at the bees, whereas I'd be like, oh, we love them and nature. And then Alex is like, nah. <laughs> yeah. so, I feel you. So Laura yeah. had a question for you, actually. Okay. Oh, I di- I was wondering what is it that. I mean, set you on this path to the paranormal. What be, what started the interest for you? Um, lifetime experience. The first one I had, I was probably about five years old. It was um, very similar to uh, um, the chapter in the book with, I think he, I think we called him Art Huck. Yeah. Saw a light being in the bedroom. And I, um, I, I had a very similar experience. And my, my grandparents lived about 300 feet up the road uh on a farm um my mom went back to work when i was five so my grandparents were daycare and i got i got mm-hmm. just got a lot of folklore but it was an interesting mix it started off we would start off the mornings with uh like old old style gospel music and mm-hmm. then whatever we got into the rest of the day so picked up a lot of fo- folklore a lot more than what i what I realized I had till I got older. Um, so if uh, um, it's kind of an Appalachian thing where um, it's, <laughs> you know, you can accept the folklore from other belief systems as long as, you know, the, the, the Trinity's at the top of the pyramid, you know. So that's that's kind of the way I, I look at, at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now, I had read somewhere that you had um, learned about Mothman, and that kind of kicked off the paranormal interest, too. So what happened with Mothman? Uh, I, was in, <laughs> I was in fifth grade when the Mothman was sighted in West Virginia. Well, you know, here West Virginia is Let's get pop 20, minutes, yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes down the road. So I was at my grandparents reading the local paper. And they're talking about Mothman chasing the the car, and I didn't realize that Point Pleasant was, you know, down below Parkersburg on the Ohio River. I'm I was thinking in terms of um, 15, 20 minutes from where I live, so I was terrified, <laughs> Mothman, because I was convinced he was going to swoop down and snatch me when I was walking home after dark. And then I had a a fifth grade teacher named Alan Whiting that. Um, he canceled class one day, and we talked about the Mothman. Oh, that's cool. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, it was, cool it was teacher. Pretty, it was pretty cool. And um, it was shortly after that I had read, there used to be a, re- a weekly paper come out. It was called The Grit that my grandmother got. Um, 
And there was an article read about the Hopkinsville goblins in Kentucky uh, from the 50s when the um, some kind of a craft landed and the, uh, the family saw these things that they described as looking like goblins. Huh. So um, when the authorities finally arrived, they called for help. And the, um, when the state police and the sheriff arrived, there was uh, 30-odd six casings laying all over the place where they'd been shooting at these things. So, <laughs> you know, you'd, Excellent you grew up choice, in the, yeah. Yeah, you grew up <laughs> in the country and, and you know, you, you don't, you don't pull the guns out unless you're going to shoot something because they're. Yeah. And the thirty odd six is going to do some damage. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're dangerous, and it's and it's it's not cheap to, you know, you just don't want to be wasting ammunition. Yeah. So the the gist of the thing I came away with, well, they they saw something that scared them enough they were shooting at it, and it wasn't. I mean, like they shot at these things all, all night long. So, and it just kind of went on from there. I've read a lot and. Hmm. Um, One thing I'm curious ride. about, as a follow-up question, if you don't mind, is for Mothman, was was Mothman in the news before the bridge? Yes. Incident. Okay, so this was like happening, and then the bridge happened. Yeah, it happened. Um, it might have been almost a year. Oh wow. Um, I don't I'm I don't remember the timeline but I'm I'm pretty sure it was uh, um the bridge fell at Christmas time so it was earlier it was it was several months there was there was Mothman and then um uh that's another book if you ever, ever a really interesting read um there's a character named Indrid Cold that kept turning up that was sort of like an alien but nobody really knew what he was mm-hmm. and uh so yeah, that's kind of okay. Um, and then you hear, then there's local folklore. You know, there was there was tales of black panthers, and um, I actually saw a mountain lion when I was about thirteen. My my grandmother was the only one that believed me. My parents thought I was pulling their leg. I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then just all just you know folklore, local local mm-hmm. urban yeah. legends. Yep. Yeah. No, no. When I was a little kid, I remember waking my parents up because we were spending the night at my grandparents that lived out in the country and because I heard a very clearly heard a woman screaming bloody I, murder yes. and it was it was a mountain lion I'm, yeah, it had to be. yeah it was terrifying especially as like you know eight-year-old me <laughs> yeah they sound like it's like they're being yeah, murdered absolutely yeah imagine you're running yeah, they, through the woods and then you hear a bat behind you like no nope, keep running <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're pretty frightening bobcats will make your skin crawl too mm-hmm. yeah you think like how did how does that evolutionarily happen? Like that's my question. I want to know. <laughs> and a bobcat's not that big, but they make a big sound. <laughs> but you mentioned like the idea of encrypted. So just because our our in laws run the Liminal Unlimited podcast, are you more interested in liminal spaces or like um, ghosts and apparitions or cryptids? Like if you were going to research, which of those would you choose? Well, I'd probably go to liminal spaces because it oh. leads you to the other stuff. Interesting. Because um, right. you get you, you go down a rabbit hole. I I have researched some ghosts, but not a lot. Because um, usually, where you find a ghost, you'll find other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I I just um, I I just don't look at them that much. 
That's just not my thing, I guess. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so much so that I was listening to um, a podcast, and there was a story, and I think you'll find this fascinating. This guy gets up, he's in college, you know, and he's living off campus with his his parents, but they're on vacation for a month. And so he, every day, gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning, he puts the dog outside, then he goes and gets a shower, you know, comes back downstairs for breakfast, puts the dog back in, and then he goes about his day, goes to college. And so he does that, like every normal day, goes downstairs, puts the dog out. But what he recognizes is, it just kind of, he just recognizes that the outside porch light that is like activated by movement doesn't turn on. And he's like, okay, whatever, maybe the light blew. And so he goes up, gets a shower, whatever, comes back downstairs. And the, when he comes back downstairs, the dog is there waiting to come inside from the the moving glass window. We want to call it sliding door. Sliding door, yeah. So he opens the sliding glass door. The dog comes in and unusually, and usually goes to its dog better goes to the food. It goes underneath the dining room table. And he's <laughs> kind of like, all right, whatever. Closes the door and he goes about his day. And then so he goes upstairs, you know, brushes his teeth, whatever, comes back downstairs. And the dog is up the door again, waiting to come inside. And he kind of goes, oh, wow. wait, wait a second. <laughs> Hold on. And so he lets the dog in and then it's his dog. And he's like, well, then what did I already let in? And so for my first thought was, okay, obviously he let in a demon. <laughs> You're in danger. Get some sage. Um, but there's that comment, like the, the idea of like liminal spaces mm-hmm. or some kind of like portal or a parallel universe. Or you had your own theory, Oh, that's too. what I said. Because then apparently the dog, after it came in, it was like staring at the wall and growling at the wall. And I'm like, it's probably because there's a damn wormhole and it put it back outside in the dog's head. <laughs> And I think that's it's, that kind of to me like kind of proves that like all of this stuff we don't know how to quantify it. So is it liminal? Is it a ghost? Is it a demon? Is it some kind of creepy cryptid? We don't know. And I think that's just that's what's so fascinating about like this yeah. section of our world is we are connected to it. And I, as you said when you wrote your little note to me, we are surrounded by the spirit world. We just I mean, for us we just don't know how to quantify it. We try, but we can't. And what you said. We're all sharing space with the spirit world. And I think that's kind of how, for me, I put it. I prefer to talk about ghosts and demons because we lived through it. So for me, I find that really fascinating. And I was not a believer before this happened. So <laughs> I like to say you, over and over again. Right, but would you have a ghost or a demon without a liminal space for them exactly. to enter through? Right. Exactly. Right. And on Skinwalker Ranch, you have like this portal opening and these things crawling. Oh, yeah. Out. These shadow figures crawling out of the portal. Yeah. <laughs> we have them crawling. Well, if, you, if you read the folklore um things like fey or jinn um they just come and go at, at their own free will they don't have to have a definite portal so it, it's interesting um like your experience with the um was it the purple dress yes that dis- mm. disappeared? it's still gone you know well if Never you read if you read the the um some of the lore then um you could say that actually what you're dealing with was was fae or I, I don't like using the word fairy but mm-hmm. um and they would take people's clothes and and according to the folklore the rules of engagements are you're supposed to ask for them to bring it back because if you do the n- normal human thing and, and lose your temper then they get ticked and then they get mean interesting so, it, 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 so it's really it's really interesting the, the, the more you read this stuff um there was a couple rosemary did a couple books on the gin um yeah i'd seen and, that uh, online yeah and um the the farm that's in that uh, chapter um angry spirits of the land it mm-hmm. actually made it in into two of her gin books 
and um, she gave me one that um, I was afraid to read because we had a lot of experiences like what, what you all had there at the house. Mm-hmm. And I finally read it last year, and I it was just like it just blew me away because I thought, well, I've seen all this stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just like the um, like the Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, um, what you guys experienced was was right up there with that. I mean, obviously there weren't any. You weren't shooting at wolves, and the, <laughs> and thank goodness. And there wasn't any. You know, your bulls weren't coming up missing, or your dogs didn't get vaporized, but. Also, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but a lot of that stuff, you know, it, it all seems like it comes out of the same bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the whole Faye thing because that just it, it connects to, as you said, so much. The my watch missing, my shoes missing, and the yeah. dress missing, and then like. And you have to verbally. Back. You have to verbally <laughs> say like, "I want this back," and then it shows yeah. up like five minutes later. Yeah, except for yeah, I, the basement I, thing with asking for the onesie, and then that thing, you know, the the shadow figure. Yeah. Apart from that, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. Fifteen years ago, I I would have laughed if somebody told me I'd be talking about it. But I've I've told this story a couple of times. There was a we have a volunteer holly bush in front of the house, and we had solar lights in it for years. And um, of course, I was trimming it, and I cu- I cut the the light string. So it was getting towards the end of the year, and the holidays were coming up, and I was standing outside trying to decide what kind of solar lights i should put on this holly bush and i heard clear as a bell a voice say we'd like red lights oh wow and i saw that's what's on it this little red solar star (laughs) done don't hurt me (laughs) ask and you shall receive okay uh, there here you are so i i that that actually forced me to to read some of that lore because you have to watch how you talk around them you know you don't want to uh, if they do something, you don't say thank you because then, in, I guess the way they look at it, then you owe them. And oh. So, it's, so it, it's it's just it's just different. But like I said, fifteen years ago, I would have laughed if I if somebody said you're going to be reading about the Fae, but it's you know. Yeah, I've always loved like Poe, but if I if, like ten years ago, I don't. Well, no, I guess how old is still going to be? Still be twelve this year? Twelve. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we moved to this house, so a dozen years ago, like fifteen years, like you said, I wouldn't see myself in charge of a podcast and saying I believe in ghosts. Yeah, well, and telling people across the world yeah. about it. <laughs> well, quite a few years ago, my husband and I went to Ireland, and part of the tour in Ireland, the bus driver was talking about these particular bushes, and I can't remember what they're called, but it's a particular kind of bush which is kind of invasive. Oh, I Sort of a weed, yeah. yeah. And sort of how in our area we have the Russian olive Mm -hmm. bushes that are just a real pain. And there are all these farmers, and these things are just growing rampant. But the local lore, or Irish lore, I guess I should say, says you cannot remove them because that's where the fairies live. This is their home. And if you cut one down, the fairies will come after you every night for the rest of your life, and you'll have insomnia, you can't sleep. And so we were out at a pub one night after, you know, doing our tours, and I'm just talking to a local guy, and um, he's a farmer, and so, you know, I was telling him what we had seen that day, and he said, oh, you can't believe any of this lore, it's a bunch of bunch of rubbish, and I said, well, do you have any of these on your property? And he said, I have three, and I won't go near them. <laughs> <laughs> were they hawthorns? I think that's what it was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, it, um, it's a bunch of bollocks. But kidding, but I, I, I don't that. go near them. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I love those just in case. Yep. 
<laughs> well, I know you have questions for us, but um, I was drawn to a quote that you had said. Um, you had said, in my opinion, far too often we expect the unseen entities to interact with us on our terms with little effort at understanding on our part. I don't believe that's how it works. The spirit world communicates with us directly, daily, and often through signs, symbols, and metaphors, none of which can be registered, let alone interpreted by a chirping box in a dark room in the middle of the night. So I just wanted you kind of like elaborate on that. What did you mean? Well, um, let's say you invited one of the uh, quote unquote mainstream paranormal investigative teams to come check out your place. Um, they might have gotten some stuff on their electronic gear, but you wouldn't have gotten any of the insight that the priests gave you because mm -hmm. they've got the, you know, this stuff, to me, it's all spiritual. Um, and this society has become so secular and so homocentric mm -hmm. that um, we think we're the... Uh, you know the be all end all you know we're we're sort of in charge of the bricks and mortar but we're you know I, we're barely you know we could barely uh, control ourselves so you, you see these guys and and um and this is just based on what i've seen here in green county um they come in they'll look at a place for maybe five days and they'll they'll draw conclusions and they're, they're they don't know the history you know like like you all do of, of that house um they don't, it's just whatever uh, flashy and glamorous thing they can mm -hmm. come up with to get on camera. And then, you know, suppose um, when you were having the problems with the uh, baby monitors, mm -hmm. you and the neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> I, I almost, uh, our, our uh, middle daughter um, used the baby monitors a lot, and I almost, called her and I said, Jenny, you, you really ought to listen to this. And I thought, no, she'll, she'll be up for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you heard that plain as day. But yet these guys on these shows, they're doing the Estes method where yeah. um, only, yeah. the, only the guy with the headphones on hears it. And the, um, or what comes on the EVP, they interpret for you. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, um, when I first started working with Rosemary, we did all that, and then we got uh, we got away from it because more and more often the gear would fail because the batteries would go dead, and um, that's when I, would, I sort of came up with the theory that maybe what we we're actually doing was annoying these things. Well, yeah. So we just would literally go sit down on. We'd, we'd usually have a digital recorder, but we'd just go sit down and watch, and that's when we saw a lot of this stuff. Um, and I think it works a lot like. Uh, like the parables, you know, uh, you can read parables in the Bible and on, at face value, they say one thing, but when you really interpret it, you know, like sowing the seeds on the rocks and sowing mm -hmm. the seeds on the fertile ground or sowing the seeds on the past, then I, I think that's kind of how this works. The, the example um, out at the historical society, there, there's that, uh, that one ghost, I think I called, or apparition, I think I called him Otis maybe. Um, would walk past people and their phones would drain so fast it would it would literally almost yeah, burn their yeah yeah it would almost burn their leg wow. and yeah. um they were looking at it was um uh, 
it was draining the battery. And my thing is, well, what's it trying to tell you? Um, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the times, um, a lot of the stuff we do, they, they find a bit annoying. I was at um, Hillview, Van, Hillview Manor this past summer. You I actually went. We want to go so bad. <laughs> yeah, oh, I had, I'd never gone. I'd heard all these great things about it. They had a uh, a conference, and, and I rented some space and set up a table. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was all these investigators there who were out in the hallway, and um, – Two of them were talking about they had gotten this EVP of a guy named Bill that wanted them to go away mm-hmm. and leave him alone. And they were laughing about it. And I thought, well, why don't you just go away and leave him alone? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, that's uh, – um, and you see that a lot here, too, with the, the people who come in here. And I um, I guess it's from the folklore background um, – Well, granted, there's there's ghosts that do repetitive stuff, and there's there's human hauntings. But when you get into this and the stuff that acts as intelligence, like that uh, entity that you had, um, you know, obviously some of the messages were pretty blatant. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, they don't. There's a there's a, a place here in town uh, called the Huffman House. It has a wall in the basement. Um, and it had been used as a funeral parlor at one point, oh, and, and and it's pretty active. Hmm. And, and um, uh, I was uh, in it a couple of times this past year. Um, just I got invited to tag along on this and in public investigations. And um, I the stuff I thought was very disturbing because uh, they had a, um, you know, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan on SLS cameras because I don't understand why. A disembodied spirit needs to show up with arms and legs because they don't need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they had a, um, they thought they had an apparition in a chair, and everybody was talking to it. And I looked at the screen, and what I saw was a dog. And and th- that to me was like, okay, this is not a person, so we need to like leave this alone. So I, you know, I, um, I kind of pulled out of it at that point. Yeah. But I, one thing I wanted to tell you. Um, my grandmother's house had a well in it and the sun porch never had a bit of problem, but that, uh, hmm. the house at the farm, there was a well, um, right at the entry. And that place was just a madhouse. Um, <laughs> it was just a madhouse. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I, but, but there again in lore, you know, the, the, uh, little use springs and wells and, uh, caves and mines mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research on you and I think your book kind of showcases the stuff that you've been through, um, how you've had app ports, you know, and you've, you've seen as shadow apparitions. Um, and obviously it, you had mentioned already, one of my questions was about your background with folklore. So I actually get to skip number 10 on my list of questions because you already answered it with your low tech <laughs> approach. Um, so my next question actually was, I got two. And then I'm done. Okay. One is, tell me more about the Lizard Man sighting in Franklin Township. Because <laughs> I just find that fascinating. But also, you know, we have Laura here. And you had mentioned you had questions for us. So what questions do you have for us? Did the, um, what, did, what made the priest think that there had been uh, black magic performed there? So do you want to tell that? 
Um, that he said, um, through their research was just a common thing, uh, in the days like, you know, late 1800s and 1700s, 1700s, sorry. And, uh, where, um, like a lot of black magic requires, uh, like fresh water, things like that. And so, but instead of grabbing a bucket and hauling it back home, you just do it right there. You know, no one's around. It's three in the morning or whatever. So no one's going to be watching. So you just do it right there at the source instead of hauling the water back to wherever you, you know, you're going to do it. Yeah. So you said it wasn't the well. It's actually all the area the around the around well. It, so yeah. where, okay. where yeah. we're sitting right now, actually. <laughs> the, the property, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're safest on the well. We should go over there. <laughs> but yeah, the idea is that he's like underneath the concrete here in the basement. You probably have all bits of, you know, like, bird bones and, and whatnot. Bones and stuff like God that. knows what underneath um, our house from the stuff they had done. Yeah. Lovely. Did, um, and the, the Hayden family's owned that for quite a while? Since the... 89. Did, um, before you two moved in, was there any activity? When I was a kid growing up, I had, uh, like, things happened to me. And uh, that's something else the exorcist said is it would go for like whatever it deemed weaker or more of a threat mm-hmm. when your term in your case. Uh, so like I was afraid to like go upstairs by myself. Like Laura often oh, had okay, to escort me upstairs. Yeah. Uh, my bed would wobble, and I always thought it was just like my mind playing tricks on me or so vertigo. He, he was a sickly kid growing up, so yeah, kind of yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you had yeah asthma. I was. Oh yeah, you I had, had like that medicine. iron deficiency yeah, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I just so, thought he was a chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I always thought it was in my head. Either, no, no. no yeah. <laughs> Never. Sibling love. Yeah. But like the bed wobbling, I always thought it was in my head until one day the cat was on the bed with me when it started to wobble and then she bolted out of the room. Didn't she hiss too? And she no, she you? just ran. Mm. At, well, she scratched as she like kicked off my chest. And, uh, and that's when I realized that I wasn't imagining it and it was all actually happening. Well, and, you know, Kyle had had some things happen here in this house, too, when he lived here. Because you have to understand that, like, this house has had every Hayden and Thatcher, like, in it at some point. Pretty much. <laughs> That's crazy. Every Hayden and spouse. Yeah. yeah every grandchild, too, actually. Um, so, because we, we hadn't bought the house yet. Um, but Kyle had had some stuff happen in what is now Sophie's room, where we had that really creepy figure watching her when she was sleeping. Yeah. Um, so he had his own thing. Laura, did you ever have anything happen? I never did. No. Yeah. Yeah. Jen hasn't either. But, you know, when I was talking to your mom, God rest her soul, she said, you know, we really didn't think about it, but the house was always so busy that if something went missing, we just thought one of the kids grabbed it and moved it. So when it, we would say, like, you know, where is my watch? It would just show back up. So, again, they were asking for it, but not really asking for it. They just yeah. figured it just yeah. showed up, you know. And, um, yeah, I got to a point where uh, being raised Catholic and everything, you know, uh, I like I would have nightmares every single night unless like if I had prayed to my guardian angel for like any, you know, any kind of protection or whatever, uh, no nightmare. But if I ever missed a night and forgot to pray, like, boom, I would I would get a nightmare that night. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and that sticks with Eli. He still says, "Okay, can we say our prayers tonight? And he prays yeah. to his guardian angel to not have nightmares. And things have been quiet since since, since 2018. Yeah, plastic, but well, yeah. Uh, but he, you also had that thing with Dan in the house. Remember the basement? Oh yeah, oh yeah. When I was in high, well, I was like 15, and my best friend and I were here, and uh, the door to the basement just like flung open one day. By the day. way, there were like three locks on this basement door when I moved in, and I was like, "Why do we need so many locks?" Oh, now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that yeah, that's makes like sense. a skinwalker. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> 
And and it is possible. I know I've told you before, but um, when Linda, my best friend, when we were growing up and still now, um, uh, were little girls, young, you know, 11, 10, 11, we played with a Ouija board. Yeah. Um, it's a Ouija. Ouija. <laughs> Ouija board. Shout out to Kyle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it went crazy. Like, it was normal at first, and... Then it, it, I remember at one point it started going so fast on the board that it just like flung off the board. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was kind of crazy. That was the last, it freaked us out. Yeah. Well, and well, yeah, so, you, oh, sorry, go ahead. talking about the, the uh, dog when the, um, uh, didn't he like have like a mega P event when, the, oh, the, yes, the, that was yeah, the, yeah. With the priest. Yeah. yeah. We, we, um, had a garden out at that farm. And I was out there with our youngest daughter, and we have a dog that's half lab and half cuvee, which is an old livestock yeah. breed, um, real vocal. And um, we were out there working one evening, and she she would when I would take her out there, she would look at one corner of the yard and bark. But I, you know, I couldn't see anything there, so my youngest daughter and I are out there working, and the dog just starts going ballistic. Oh, jeez. And she's barking and barking and barking and all her hair standing up. And all of a sudden she tucks her tail between her legs Aww. and goes around behind me and looks around my legs and starts growling again and like spits flying out of her mouth. Oh, wow. wow. And I looked at my daughter and I said, let's leave. Yeah, we should probably, <laughs> we should probably go. So, Time to go. <laughs> so we load up in the truck and the, the dog at that point was uh, was riding in the back. So we're going down the road about 35 miles an hour in a full-size pickup truck and we're laughing at our dog i said we got the only dog in green county that's going to bark at uh, at nothing going 35 miles an hour down the road and i no sooner said that than something came down out of the trees and swooped up over the hood that looked like a bird for lack of a better mm-hmm. thing it was just a blob with with wings and it was gray and it was the width of the hood of the truck and it flew up over the windshield and, and Morgan, I think, was 11 at the time. And I thought, I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> she, about a tenth of a mile, and she said, that wasn't a bird, was it? And I said, no. <laughs> but I, I, you know, dogs, dogs and cats, um, you know, a good dog uh, can really let you know what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I love Rosie. She's a smart one. Yeah. Well, it happened in her house, too. Did you listen to her stories? About the dogs. Not all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah episode one episode is all her like, house. Oh, okay. I did. I did hear that. Yeah, the original yeah. story. Yeah, the original episode. Her, her dog and cats growling at the basement door. Yep. Like yeah. she has so many stories of that. Yeah, because we've always had a lot of animals. But yeah. one time I was away traveling, and my husband, um, you know, he had a, a, a scary encounter with a figure in the bed that wasn't me mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was away. And there was uh, a ghost trying to fill your spot, yeah, literally in the bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so normally he he never let our dog at the time was a fairly large black pit bull mix named Tinkerbell, of course. Yeah. I mean, Full lab. She yeah. was adorable. Yeah, she was a good girl. Um, but uh, so normally he didn't let her up on the bed. But that night he was like, come on, T, come on, <laughs> <with> me." <laughs> <laughs> and she wouldn't come up, which normally she would have loved to. So he physically lifted her onto the bed and she like immediately peed and jumped off. Which wow. she never, ever did. Mm-hmm. So that was so out of character. So that's when he was like, ah. Oh. So, I mean, now he's cleaning it up. And it was just, now he was irritated. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I had, um, my mother was like 
OCD about cleaning. So the you know there was no such thing as a as a dog in the house. They were always outside, and it wasn't until uh, that stuff at the farm um, was because my wife is a nurse. So a lot of times we worked opposite shifts, mm-hmm. and and uh, I started I started letting the cuvee up on the bed because um, she'd let me know if anything was going on because yeah. I I just couldn't yeah. sleep. Um, sure. It was it was got pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's a, even the Skinwalker Ranch. There, they always have animals out as biosensors, especially dogs. You know, yeah. To to even bring the them back around episodes, to that. They have the dog Williams running around barking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Not that I put much like you know <clears throat> stock in TV shows, but I think they did a pretty good job of like you know doing science there. So <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get in that conversation about his accent though. Anywho, <laughs> do you have any other questions for us? Um. Do your kids ever see anything? They did. Yes. The, they they used to all the time. Exorcism? No. Uh, I mean, Sophie, we're not sure. You know, but like yeah. for Eli, he is very happy with his life being the way it is. You know, he still prays, um, but he doesn't see anything. Good. Um, but she hasn't seen anything in the house, really. No. Yeah. Which is good. good. I think it's mostly because it's locked down. <laughs> and if she, she thinks she sees it, we go, hey, get the holy water. You're good. Even if you saw a shadow, it's okay. Just toss some hey, water Do you still on. do the holy water? Oh, we have it all over the house, yeah. Um, it's, all it's over the house. Joke. <laughs> you come to our house, we got a bottle even in the shower. <laughs> yep, there's one in the shower stall. There's one in the kitchen. They're, they're all over the place. Over. Little mm-hmm. bottles everywhere. It's just left over really from, you know, a couple years ago. But yeah. it's good to have. And, you know, the kids. Yeah, can't hurt anything. Just, yeah, bless yourself. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, if you're Catholic, that's like one of the gifts you get when you walk into our church. You get a swag bag of a rosary and holy water like, and a lot of guilt. That's what you get from the Catholic a church. Guilt. A lot of guilt. <laughs> oh, boy. So tell us your – because, we, you know, I know we've, we've been on here for a little bit. Um, but tell us your favorite story. It can be cryptid, Ooh. but something that happened to you – that to you proves that there is something out there, whether it's a ghost, it's a cryptid, it's a liminal space. One good story. You want me to answer the, the lizard man thing first? <clears throat> oh, sure. Ooh, oh, yeah, lizard yes, man. please. That's more for Kyle. <laughs> okay, the, the lizard man, um, I was doing research trying to trace the uh, the ownership of the people that own that uh, farm, and I was looking mm-hmm. for obituaries. So I was at the Genealogical Society and of course I get, you know, you start looking at old newspapers and you get sidetracked. So I'm looking through these newspapers from the 1890s and there's a story about these, wow. about these guys in Franklin Township that were hunting that came across what we would call these days, we would call a reptilian. And, um, it was big, it was real big and real strong and, but couldn't move real fast, sort of like the Gorn on Star Trek. If you're, <laughs> so sure. it, it, it picked the one guy up and was carrying him off. Oh my gosh. And his buddy went to go get help and came back and they, they caught up with this, uh, reptilian that we called him lizard man, just as he was about to go, of course, a conveniently placed, you know, cave. So they, uh, they attacked the thing, got the guy free, and they went down the cave and they, they blocked the entrance. So I remember telling Rosemary about that and we were we thought, boy, this is a really cool story. And, and we talked about how it was one of those things that was probably printed to sell newspapers. Mm-hmm. So years go by and we decided to write the book. 
And um, I just couldn't find anything to corroborate um, Lizard Man. Mm-hmm. And this, this I've never told this in, in public. I used to have a, uh, I used to own Green County's only indoor year-round farmer's market. So I was at the oh, market okay. one day and there was a lady came in that um, her husband and my dad had been, had done a lot of business together. And I was, and I, and she was familiar with that part of Franklin Township, which really wasn't too far from where I grew up. So I was telling her the story of Lizard Man, and I'd even figured out just about where this had taken place. And I said, I sure wish I could, you know, uh, find somebody that could corroborate this. And I had actually prayed about this like two days before. Mm-hmm. And this lady had one of her had her youngest daughter with her, and it turns out that uh, this lady's oldest daughter had seen that um, big frog lizard like uh, uh, humanoid thing by a pond on the same farm in the seventies. And I thought, well, lizard man just made it into the book. So <laughs> That's awesome. blind, you know, you can't prove any of it other yeah. than, you know, you, you know, the people, but, um, I, I sort of came to the conclusion that lizard man was actually associated with, um, some native American artifacts. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause this farm had a, a burial ground on it too. Um, which was documented. I mean, it, it's it's on the National Historic Register. So that's so Lizard Man. Um, actually, that's how he got it into the book. Well, Kyle will be very happy to know <laughs> <laughs> that Lizard Man my, has made it. Uh, um, my favorite story, if you've read the the second book. Um, would have to be the Morrigan. Have you have you read it yet? The, the Close Encounters of the Celtic Kind. Uh, I have, but they have not. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. Um, over a two year period, I had a series of of dreams, um, and this is where uh, this is the kind of information you don't get from an electronic investigation. And they were they were a lot of them would start off with an environmental theme. It was it was stuff that I was familiar with because it was work related. But it'd also be very unusual because it had what I came to find out was a lot of sacred geometry. And I started running into these um, people, uh, almost always women, uh, probably about your age, and they look like hippies, hippie chicks from the Vietnam era. Oh, a lot yeah. of, <laughs> of clothes, you know, gauze. Yep. Um, not always, you know, not always. Uh, then spend a lot of time on their parents. So I, um, I'm at work one day in real time in the, in the Northern Panhandle and I get sent out to this farm and, um, the lady that owns the farm had hired, she said, I've, I've got somebody, I hired somebody to put on the payroll to help me. I'd like you to meet her. And she, this woman walks into the room and it's this hippie check I'd been seeing in these dreams. Oh, wow. So it kind of freaked me out. And at that point, um, this is the Cliff's Notes version, but at that point, the, the, uh, the people I encountered changed. They, um, it was still primarily female, um, but the, she started looking um, like from antiquity. She had kind of auburn-colored hair and dark eyes. Hmm. Um, kind of, I don't want to use the word athletic, but um, uh, you wouldn't want to, you know. There's kind a of white person- thing. 
Oh, there it goes. Stella. Stella. <laughs> um, Stella the Border Collie. Um, no, no, just lie and tell our, our, our viewers that it's a white thing. We just had a white <laughs> thing. We had a sighting. We had a sighting. Yeah. So, yeah, I was on one of these one night, and she came in the bedroom. The door opened, and the guy's like, do you know the door just opened? I thought it was probably Stella. <laughs> but um, So I started seeing this woman with dark eyes, auburn-colored hair, and um, very business-like. She was um, really feminine, but it was really like a strong femininity. And um, when I really, uh, the one night I noticed her in the, in the dream, um, she, um, in the dream, uh, my wife and I were getting ready to retire for the evening. And she was in the bathroom and I was in bed and we were having a conversation. And, um, and, uh, and she gets, I could feel my wife get in bed with me and I rolled over to say something to me. And here's this woman with the auburn hair and i got i jumped out of bed you know who are you what are you doing um you got no business here and she got out of the bed and said um i wanted you to see me you know as i in my natural state because i've been with you longer than anyone um you know even your wife and i i woke up and at at this point i was sleeping with both dogs in the bedroom and i was convinced (laughs) there was somebody in the house except the dogs were asleep so went on from that um i was at work one day and i got sent out to this job site that i'd been to several times and i always liked going there because um there was a tree there that had a lot of that had four or five crows that lived in it so i went out to try to get pictures of the crows and couldn't and i had heard that there were and crows were something that was a recurring theme in these dreams with this this dark-haired woman there mm-hmm. was there was uh, cattle, there was crows, um, a lot of na- nature stuff, a lot of geometry. But on this site, there was a uh, an abandoned road went back to the woods, and I'd heard that there was a house back in there that had been abandoned. And I thought, well, I'll just take a walk back there and look. I wanted to see this house. So I'm walking back this lane, and I'm getting pelted with um, acorns. And I could hear the you know, footsteps and the weeds off to one side. And so I tried zigzagging because I thought, well, it's October and it's a little windy. So wherever I went, the um, the acorns followed me and kept hitting me. So I, I got to the house and I had a very strong impression that I was not, not only was I not to go any further, but I was not to go in the house. So I just out loud mm. thanked. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for the escort. You know, I'm going to go back to the truck now. And I got back to the truck and I was my co-worker by this time who was in a uh from another agency and he was in another vehicle was standing by his vehicle and we're standing there talking and and this is a pretty rough piece of ground it's a lot of rock and it's really steep and this woman steps out of the brush and he sees a young woman in uh, a hoodie and blue jeans and a t-shirt with a dog and i saw this auburn haired woman from the dream in uh, leggings and uh, like her blouse laced up, like real old, hmm. uh, old style clothing. And she had kind of a cape with a hood on it and this gargantuan black dog. And it was the same woman from the dream. And it really, um, it upset me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. 
So when I got home, um, I worked with a couple of psychics, one of which is uh, Lindsay Miller in Armstrong County. And I'd been telling her about these dreams. And she was the one that said, you need to look into the Morgan, who is an Irish, a Celtic Irish uh, deity. And mm. I started doing research in the Morgan and I realized that these, the stuff that happened to me in the dreams fit the folklore. Um, so I, uh, uh, it took me a while to figure out that was the whole thing about um, sovereignty in the in the paranormal community, and and, and we shouldn't be ex- uh, shouldn't be exploitation of of the spirit world for profit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like about not quite a year later, I was at another site uh, and work related, and I just had this impression that I was supposed to go to this park. And I thought, well, you know, okay, I'm, I'm I'm at work and I'm in a in a work vehicle, so how you know how can I justify this? Because it's kind of out of my way. <laughs> and I thought, well, yeah, it's like three miles out of my way one way. And I thought, well, there's a restroom there. I could go to the restroom. So I went went to the restroom and I went and sat on this bench. And I said, okay, I'm here. Who are you? And what do you want? And bang, she was sitting on the bench next to me. And said that there needed to be dialogue between the paranormal subculture and the Christian community, mm. and so that's kind of where I'm. Um, I'm working on a third book, so I'm. It's going to have some stories in it, but there's going to be. A, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to tie some of this in um, and get this message across. But see, um, one of those things I had a lot of trouble with at the time. Um, because, you know, I was raised Protestant, but, it, you mm-hmm. know, there's still the, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy yep. Ghost. Yeah. Yep. And I, it took me a while to figure this out. I thought, oh, this is what they mean about no other gods before me. And, and um, it's been, a, uh, it's easier to tell Catholics than it is Protestants, because, you know, you, if, if you know Protestants that, uh, well, I was talking, you know, this thing, this, this, uh, I shouldn't say the thing. This this um, say, uh, this uh, entity from Irish uh, pagan folklore appeared and had a message for me. Well, you shouldn't do that. It's the devil. Well, okay. If but we can't really dictate to God who He sends for messengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and 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 the whole thing is. Um, trying to keep that in perspective, you know, as a Christian, but it's been an interesting ride. Well, and you kind of mentioned that too, in your second book, when you um, kind of finish up and you talk about spiritualism, you have a whole whole section on that, Um, which I think is cool. Um, I think uh, you and Kyle Thatcher should really connect at some point because I'd mentioned that you have that big section on, on spiritualism and that's kind of where he falls too. the idea that we need to look at our Christian faith and know that there are many other faiths out there, but there has to be a connection. And we can use that ability to kind of, I would say, protect ourselves, but also talk to them and figure out what it is that they want so they're not causing problems for us, too, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that I, that's kind of where I'm at. But that, yeah. that's the whole, um, if you read that, and I can never get the title right, it, it's in the back of the book. It's uh, Appalachian Folk Magic and Protestant Christianity. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm not sure how I picked that up, but that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I know, uh, uh, um, I've learned a lot. Uh, what I learned about the Morgan and about the Fay and stuff, I had to get from um, a couple of writers that are pagan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but where else are you going to get the, the thing that's interesting when you when you like Laura O'Brien in in Ireland? If you watch her videos, she'll say the reason that that the pagan subculture has been able to come back in Ireland is because when the Christians first got there. They wrote all that stuff down, and it, uh, because prior, prior to that, it had not been preserved in writing. Mm-hmm. So I, it's um, well, there's obviously a connection, you know. Like there, yeah. yeah, and and there's something older than like you know, because Christianity isn't that old compared to other religions too. So we need to look at no. we need to look at that too. Like when we go back to the whole Skinwalker Ranch discussion, the idea of like the Native American folklore predates all of our stuff that was out there. And so it's important mm-hmm. to look at their religion and right. their belief system when you look at what's happening on that ranch and around that ranch. Right. I mean, and as you said, too, talking about the Fae, I mean, there's the possibility of the, you know, instead of supernatural, the ultra-natural. Ultra-natural, yeah. You know, that right. they're, this other, they're these other beings mm-hmm. that are just elusive. They're, you know, they have a, whatever whatever the case mm-hmm. is. There's a different plane of existence. Right. They're yeah. just elusive from our mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for because our next podcast is here. <laughs> Shout out to okay. Jack and Aspen behind the scene. <laughs> um, we're doing Danger and Dice. Actually, it's also you your head. There we go. The other one. I saw that. Yeah. Yes. We do three podcasts, and this week is pretty uh, thick with interviews. So uh, we really thank you so much. Yes. Um, I was super excited to talk to you because I love your books. We're looking forward. Well, thank well, you. I'm looking forward to number three. Oh, absolutely. So let me know when the third back. one comes around, if you want to do another interview and uh, give a shout out to Just it, we'd we love to have you back. Let's keep Let's keep have, in touch. We definitely, gotta have lots definitely. of Zoom interviews. We gotta just talk about our stories. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Well, well, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much. Thank you really you. enjoyed this. And don't be a stranger. As you listen to other podcasts, send me messages. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I will. All right. Thank you Bye. so much. Have a thank great you. evening. Have a good night. Thank you you too. too. Bye. Bye. Bye.